Uh, so glad you're here today. Let's go to God in prayer as we prepare for today's message. Father, we pray today as we enter your word uh, that we acknowledge that we need your wisdom. So God, give us ears to hear in such a way that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may love you and love others more fully this week. Father, we cannot live out the greatest commandments apart from your Spirit, so we pray, come Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, please be opening to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Today's teaching will be hard for some, maybe for most. How's that for an introduction? Aren't you glad that you came to church today uh, to hear this message? As many of you know, each July I take a little time away to uh, just have a bit of a brief sabbatical of sorts. And uh, it has become just a, an enriching rhythm of my ministry. Uh, and it's a blessing, I hope, for you that you get to hear from some different perspectives for a few weeks. Uh, and I step aside from the pulpit realizing that, you know, this is, this is not, you know, my permanent home right here forever and ever. You know, if, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, then, you know, you guys would, would probably be sad for a little while, and then you'd have somebody else through here. And, and that's just the reality, and I don't say that crassly. I'm grateful to be here. But what it does for me every year, what that sabbatical time does, it allows me to just recenter, allows me to refocus. And there's certainly some time of reflection, there's time of relaxation. Uh, but every year, and I've done this for about seven or eight years now, and every year God will just impress upon me some, some truth. Uh, he'll impress upon me something that, that is going on inside of me that, that needs attention, that needs the, the, the hand of the potter to, to continue to mold the clay, if you, if you hear what I'm saying. And, and this happens every year, and this year was no exception. This year there were certain truths that God impressed upon me during that time, and I'm so grateful for the gift of that space for Him to do that. And one of those truths became clearer as I listened to and read author Pete Scazzaro, who served as a pastor for 26 years, now serves in a ministry called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And here's what Pete says in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. He says, too much of contemporary church culture is characterized by a false niceness and superficiality. We view conflict as a sign that something is wrong, so we do whatever we can to avoid it. We prefer to ignore difficult issues and settle for a false peace, hoping that our difficulties will somehow disappear on their own. They don't. Now, I'm convinced that we could spend uh, the rest of this year on this topic. I'm convinced that we could spend the next several months unpacking the meaning of what we, what we just read. And as we search the Scriptures and we look at, okay, wh where does this topic surface in the, in the Scriptures? Where does this topic surface, and particularly in the life of Jesus? And throughout this series, World Game Changer, here's what we've been doing. We've been asking the question, what does it mean, what does it look like to live as a citizen in the kingdom of God? 
What implications does that have in our life to live as a citizen of God's kingdom, not man's kingdom that Sean referenced during his communion thoughts? And so you can, you can see that we've been walking through this for, for several weeks now, even last week when we were in John chapter 3 where Jesus said, you cannot, he's telling Nicodemus, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again, unless there's a, a spiritual rebirth that happens inside of you, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. And today I want to consider the difference between false peacemaking that leads to pretending versus the kingdom peacemaking that Jesus taught that leads to real peace. And here's why I believe this is so important. It's because this has implications in all arenas of our life. Stick with me. I mean, if you're a college student, if you're a student, if you're uh, an adult, this has implications everywhere. This has implications in our homes. This has implications in our workplaces. This has implications at school and in our neighborhoods. Somebody say HOA. This has implications in all areas of our life, and this has implications in the church of Jesus Christ. And that, that is one of the things I want to focus on today. But before we get to Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says this really curious phrase. And it's not going to be the, the crux of our message today, but I want to I point you to this phrase because it resonates with me. He's quoting from the Old Testament book of Hosea, and, and what he says is, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. But the, the phrase right before that, Jesus says, go and learn what this means. Why am I telling you this? Because this is a message that I have not perfected. This is a message that I am going to have to leave here today, and I'm inviting all of us to go and learn what this means. I'm inviting us to, to go on a, a journey together to go and learn what this means, meaning this is an area in which I'm learning. So Matthew chapter 5, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And then blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now if you look up peacemaker in the dictionary or Merriam-Webster or wherever you look up words these days. You'll see some variation of this. It'll, it'll say something to the effect that, that, that peacemaker is a person who brings about peace, especially in reconciling adversaries. It, it's a, a mediator. It's a placator. It's a pacifier. And some of, us, some of us resonate with this language because we hate conflict. <laughs> we hate conflict. 
Like we, we don't like it. We don't want to deal with it. And so it shuts us down. And we, we usually respond in one or three ways. I won't say, I won't put this on everybody, but I'll put this on, on myself and I'll put this on, on most. That, that the, here's three ways that we typically respond. Number, number one is that we avoid or appease. One appease, two avoid. Three is that we're afraid. It shuts us down. And so what we ended up doing is, is we either do nothing or we underfunction or we overfunction. So I don't know if this is resonating with anybody, but these, these are ways that we respond in our relationships. We appease. Imagine going out to lunch today after church with a group of folks from Homewood. There's, there's 10 other folks and you go out to a restaurant and, and you get to the restaurant and, and you realize, you know, I'm, I'm just, you kind of use this phrase, uh, I'm not that hungry. I'll just have a salad. And what you really mean is that inflation has hit you pretty hard and you don't have money. So you just don't want to spend that much money on food today. And so you, you need to, to just get a salad and maybe a water and maybe you can walk out of here for, you know, eight bucks, right? And then you look around the table as you, as you get your salad and as you get your water, you know, you get a lemon because it's free, still free, put a little sugar in there, make your own lemonade. You look around and what you see is that you see that there's other people that are like ordering full entrees. And then you see people that are like ordering <laughs> appetizers. You see people that are, that are ordering, you know, like sweet teas and, and Arnold Palmers and all this kind of stuff. And then they're really loading up on and the double order of fries. You're like, what in the world's going on? And then you get to this, this, this part of the meal where people start ordering desserts. And you're like, wow, man, they are really enjoying themselves during this, this meal. And then comes the time at the end of the meal where the waiter or the waitress comes over. And the waiter or the waitress comes over and says, hey, hey, how do we want to split up the checks today? And then you have one in every group, one in every group. You know who you are. You raise your hand. You say, hey, hey, there's a lot of us here. Why don't we just split the check? Now, some of you right now are sweating a little bit in this hypothetical situation. You are beginning to perspire just, just thinking about what you would do. You are beginning to just sweat underneath your clothes just a little bit. And this isn't even real life, or is it? And so what do you decide to do? Well, they bring the check out and then the mathematician of the group comes up with the, the number and says, okay, it'll be $23 per person. And you're like, what? $23 per person? I'm never going out with those Homewood people again. They're killing me, Smalls. They're killing me. What do we do? We appease. Because the thought of disrupting the peace, the thought of entering into conflict in this situation just, just paralyzes us. We appease. Or maybe we avoid. We just avoid people or we avoid a situation. And sometimes, yes, that may be necessary, but often when we avoid, we become a false peacemaker. And when we're afraid or we let fear be our guide, which causes us to underfunction or overfunction, you guessed it, false peace. So here's what I want us to get at today, that what is true of Jesus' words must also be true of Jesus' life. Are you tracking with me? 
What's true of Jesus' words must also be true of his life. If he is the truest example of God's kingdom coming to earth, God's, God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, if he is the truest example of this, then what's true of his words must be true of his life. He is the exact representation of God. We just studied this a few months ago in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the exact representation. He's perfect. So he defines true peacemaking by his life, not us. In Luke 2 verse 14, the great company of angels declares at Jesus' birth, we're just saying all is well a moment ago, that glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And in John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I, I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then we get a few chapters past the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We get a few chapters past the Sermon on the Mount, still in the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 10. And we read these words from Jesus. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn, he quotes Micah 7, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. I mean, wouldn't this be a great Mother's Day sermon? I mean, can you see me coming in here on Mother's Day and say, okay, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, here we go. Happy Mother's Day. What's Jesus doing here? I mean, what, what's, what's he saying? What, what in the world is, is going on? I mean, I thought, I mean, we're just saying that, you know, you are the Prince of Peace. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends out his 12 disciples. What, he's, what does he tell them? Proclaim that the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's what he tells his disciples. And if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it's not, let your peace return to you. I'm sending you out like, like sheep among wolves. Don't be afraid, because when you're not sure what to say, the Spirit of God will speak through you. And then he says, don't suppose I've come to bring peace but a sword. What's Jesus saying? I want to to think about this thought, that peacemaking is an essential part of the kingdom life. But the way to peace is not the way of avoidance of conflict. Jesus did not come to appease. He did not come to avoid difficult conversations and difficult people. He did not come to avoid suffering. He became the suffering servant. And so the mission of his disciples to establish God's peaceful rule often comes through sharing in the Jesus way, having the same attitude of Christ. 
In the late 6th century BC, the prophet Jeremiah condemned the leaders of God's people for, for tolerating a false peace and a false security. To Jeremiah 6, 14, they, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. So one of the questions that I want us to consider as we go and learn what this means is, is how might we engage others this week as a true peacemaker rather than a false one? I would submit that we look at Jesus. How did he engage others? How did he participate in this life that we call the kingdom life? I think that we can suggest it's no accident that right after this beatitude about peacemaking, blessed are the peacemakers, right after this beatitude, what does Jesus say? Verse 10, Matthew 5, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And here's the hard part, because I get it. This is in my DNA. This is a part of who I believe my personality is. This, this is the hard part, is that disrupting the false peace is hard for most people. And for those who say, nah, I find it pretty easy, typically means they don't do it well. So they have no problem disrupting false peace. Their problem is they leave behind a trail of wounded individuals because they lack that which Jesus led with. And what did Jesus lead with? He led with compassion. He led with love. Peacemaking is dangerous. This is a hard teaching. Like the worst thing that you could do is run out of here and start trying to disrupt false peace like some kind of crusader, you know. Finally, the, the preacher has given me some permission. You're a jerk, and I always thought you were a jerk. Like that's, that's not true peacemaking. So here's a few really practical ways I believe that we can step toward disrupting false peace as we follow the true Prince of Peace. One is this, is that being a true peacemaker flows out of a heart of love. Not anger, not rage. Being a true peacemaker flows out of a heart of love. I mean, just think about the Beatitudes that we just read in Matthew 5. Blessed are the peacemakers flows out of the six Beatitudes that come right before that. Don't miss this, church. Don't miss it. If you miss it, you, you can cause a lot of damage. It flows out of this reality that blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and they thirst after righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. This is what peacemaking flows out of. Number two is that you can't have lies and have true peace. You can't have lies and have true peace. So I want you to be honest before the Lord. You don't have to tell me. I want you to be honest before the Lord. What area in your life 
Are you a false peacemaker? Is it in your home? Is it at work? Is it at school? Is it in your small group? What area are you appeasing? What, what area are you avoiding? What, what area of your life are you afraid? Or you may be afraid of what others think, or you may be afraid of, of what— and I, wanna, I want you to catch this. Students, I, th- these, are, these are truths that I, I wish I would have learned at your age. I wish I would have learned what it, what it meant. Go and learn what this means. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be children of God. That the way that they go about making peace is, is the image-bearing nature of God, children of God. And notice what, what Jesus doesn't say. <laughs> Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the peace lovers. I love me some peace. Just ask my family. I, I love me some peace. I like quiet. I like peace. I, I'm an introvert in a lot of ways. I, I love me some peace. But Jesus says, doesn't say, blessed are the peace lovers. Blessed are the peace wanters. I want peace. I mean, it's like every Miss USA pageant, what are you going to do? I'm going to bring peace on earth. You know, that, that's what I want. They won't let me enter those contests, but that's what I want. I want peace. Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the peace lovers, blessed are the peace wanters. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Number three is that we invite God to transform our false peacemaking into true peacemaking. That may be the first and wisest step for all of us. I'm grateful to serve alongside a shepherding group here that I, I don't see appeasing. I don't see avoiding. I don't see being afraid. Yet I think that this is a teaching that we are going to have to continue to go and learn what this means. Matthew 10, verse 37, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Jesus demands to be the most important person in your life. There's no peace until we know him. There's a peace that is found in Jesus that you'll never find in this world. You'll never find it in yourself. So, join me in learning what this means. Let's go to God in prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand as we pray today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, 
the power and the glory forever. God, we pray that you will give us the grace to go and learn what this means, to go and walk this path. Father, there are generational habits of false peacemaking that, in dealing with conflict that have deep roots. There's family systems, there's work environment systems, there's school systems, there's church systems where dysfunction is, is more comfortable. False peace is more comfortable than true peace. But this is a life that Jesus calls us to, true peacemaking. God, I pray for the one who continually appeases, avoids, and is afraid. We invite you to, to give true courage, true wisdom, healing, and grace. I pray for the one who allows anger and rage or manipulation or passive aggressiveness to construct false peace. May they come to repentance, Lord, this day. What a wonderful gift that you have given us in repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, because you have given us the power to do so through the coming of your Son and the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we ask for your forgiveness for these things. We take just a few seconds silently to lift these up before you. And Father, may we, may we not leave this place defeated. May we not leave this place discouraged. May we leave more in tune with your will for our lives. And so as we sing these words in just a moment, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, it is well with my soul. God, I pray that we can sing that from a deep place. Not a place that says we've got it all figured out or, or, or we're perfect, but a, a place that says, God, we need you. We need you in this place. We need you in our lives. We need you in our homes. We need you in our workplaces. We need you in our schools. We need you in the church. And God, may we be a people who proclaim the kingdom of heaven in every aspect of our lives and everywhere that we go this week. Thank you for the blessing that you give us as we seek first the kingdom. It's in Jesus that we pray. Amen. Be a shepherd down front. Also be a shepherd and his spouse back in this room to my right. Don't, don't leave without doing some business with the Lord right now. Or if you need to speak with one of our shepherds, we'd encourage you to do that. If today's the day you want to start your journey with Jesus and be baptized in him, we'd love to celebrate that with you. Come as we sing.